In this episode, the filmmaker forced home while on the trip of a lifetime and the country hit by COVID-19 while trying to rebuild after a deadly earthquake. Welcome to the World Nomads podcast. We'll be keeping you up to date with travel alerts, information about coronavirus and sharing some uplifting news and views to inspire you and keep you smiling. Hi, it's Kim and Phil with you and a reminder to get in touch with your story by emailing podcast at worldnomads.com. But first, what's happening in the world of travel, Phil? Uh, Caribbean countries relying heavily on tourism, places like St. Lucia, Antigua, Aruba, to be seen now, Bahamas. They're planning to open up in June uh, at the time of recording, that's still in the future for us. Look, we'll have a link in show notes on what to expect, but the governments of those countries are working on safety measures like social distancing and hotel hygiene. After their long coronavirus lockdown in Italy, people there are on warning from the government as they start ignoring social distancing rules and party on. Cabinet has said it could mean plans to travel within regions could be revised. Don't be naughty people. And in a similar announcement to Sicily recently, the Japanese government is also creating a plan to boost tourism by offering to subsidise a portion of travellers' expenses to go there. Sounds like a great idea. If only we could get out of the house right now. Yes, exactly. Now, the Himalayan country of Nepal hasn't escaped coronavirus fill with hundreds of cases recorded, and it's a real blow given they're still recovering economically and socially from the 2015 earthquake. That killed 9,000 people, didn't it? Like 22,000 injured or something? Yeah, it's about, yeah I, I mean, I was there, what is it, last year? And you can still see effects of the earthquake everywhere. It, says, it was massive. We'll get to you being there shortly, but Erin Green has been based in Nepal for six years working with Himalayan Trails. It's a trekking company based in Kathmandu and she has views on how the country will be affected and she also tells us how she just made it out. Well, um, I've been in Thailand. Uh, well, actually, I've been in, in Australia until the end of January and that's when things sort of started. We started hearing a little bit about it and then I live in Kathmandu and so I was on my way back to Kathmandu but stopped off and in Bangkok and Thailand for a couple of weeks um, before the tourist season. I, I work in tourism. And so the, the season is March, April, May. And, you know, we're starting to, people are starting to cancel. People are starting to be worried. And so I was thinking, I don't even know if I should go back to Nepal. Nepal's not really great for disease control, any kind of control. Um, but I went, I went back to Nepal and then I ended up doing a trek in March to write about it. And, um, to do some research for the travel company that I work for. Um, and that was, I was a little on the fence about doing that. It was, it started April or March 11th. A few countries were really closed down um, or closed down to Nepal anyway, but I went on the trek anyway, but then on the 18th, that's when I got back to Nepal and everything was crazy. Um, that's pretty much when it was. Um, and I realized that Nepal was gonna sh- stop <clears throat> letting flights come in and out. And then I was planning on going to Australia to be with my boyfriend um, in April, but then I realized Australia was closing down um, its, its borders to foreigners on the 20th at 9 p.m. So um, that's, that's where I was, freaking out that I was going to get stuck in Nepal. But you made it to Australia and to your boyfriend? I did, yeah. It was freaking miraculous. <laughs> and, yeah, and so I arrived in, in Melbourne at 8.45 p.m. Oh, and, yeah. 15 minutes to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. insane. That is I know. insane. Oh, I know. it's meant to be. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think then is the impact? 
not to what you think, I'm guessing that you know the impact of no travel on ordinary Nepalese. Uh, for the average Nepali person, it, similar similar to India, if you've been following that, I mean, people needed wanted to go home. So if they were working as migrant workers in the villages, they didn't have any food or anything. So they needed to go home. So that's just what the average Nepali person. Um, but the country itself is dependent on tourism. Um, and so that's that's a big hit. There was this big push for Visit Nepal 2020 this year. And it was <laughs> they had all these banners put up and trying to make this a... And then maybe sort of mid-Feb, they decided to cancel it. <laughs> Some people kind of heard that. Some people didn't. But um, yeah, they're losing a ton of money from tourism. The, Nep- the Nepalese government doesn't provide for itself. They re- they're reliant on foreign aid. And they have been since the 60s. And so therefore... Nepal just doesn't do things for themselves. More aid's going to come in when it's allowed to, and it's just going to be a spiral. I don't see the Nepal the government stepping up and changing anything. It's going to be pretty sad. And with healthcare as well, um, I support a clinic there, and one woman was due to have a, a heart surgery, uh, and she had a heart attack and died because her surgery was canceled. Is is anyone doing anything? Um, I have friends that have have GoFundMe sites, and I mean, there's plenty of Nepalis as well that are trying to do what they can. But it's as an overarching statement, the rich people are going to fend better than the poor people. So how long do you think then it will take for Nepal to recover? I'm not sure. I think they're going to be on, they're going to follow India and probably adapt some of their programs. But to recover, I mean, it's a pretty poor country anyway. I, I, we'll have to see. And I guess when the, when the, when the doors open for tourism, um, that's going to be a big, a big help. The great thing that happened with India's lockdown is a couple of things. On the west coast of India, the turtles came back and laid millions of eggs that normally they'd be too frightened to do because the beaches are packed with people or the poachers take the eggs. And then in another area of India, people have seen the Himalayas for the very first time. Yeah. So what positives do you think will come out of the, the travel ban for Nepal in terms of pollution and over-tourism? I think a lot. I mean, I've just seen pictures of Kathmandu itself and it looks like it's in somebody put a, a, a filter on there, a technicolor filter. It's crazy. Um, all the colors that you can see because usually it's a dust colored city. So that's beautiful. My friends also is also telling me that people are still burning their trash. That's what people do. Plastics and, and everything else. That mentality isn't really changing, but as for over tourism, I hope people can, can, can think. I, I think after the earthquake as well, people started looking at different different routes to travel, different ways, different places to trek. Some communities started thinking a little bit positively about how they can get people to come to their to their trekking lodge or to their community to generate some income. So hopefully people will start doing that again. We'll see. And Phil, that's what the company Erin works for does. They look for those lesser known spots to take the heat off the world trodden treks, which Nepal is infamous for. Yeah, look, we heard Erin say that people from other countries could leave at the time the virus was declared a pandemic, but Nepal has apparently refused to allow its own citizens to re-enter. Yeah, that's harsh, isn't it? Very sad. Now, you, as you mentioned, went to Nepal last year, but you came back all fired up with a new pronunciation. (laughs) What was it? Oh, is this a get back for... Tanzania in the last episode, is it? (laughs) Nepal is what I was saying when I came back. You can't, okay. Nepal. I'm going to cop that one. Right. (laughs) Nepal. Took him about a week before he reverted to his (laughs) old ways, but we all got an education on how it's supposed to be pronounced. And this is, as you mentioned, a vague segue into our next guest, Jigar. Now, he's from Tanzania and I come from Tasmania. So getting the pronunciation of Tanzania mixed up with Tasmania, you can even hear how I have to pause, (laughs) 
happens a lot. Now, I have tried to tell you that I'm not the only one and you have learned what? Have you heard about the Pakistani cricketer who finally made it into Tasmania on November 1988 after a mix-up in travel plans sent him to Tanzania? <laughs> Tanzania. Well, Tanzania, exactly. I know. I know. Uh, Matt Khan said his travel agent confused the Australian state of Tasmania with the African nation of Tanzania. <laughs> we should just call it that. We should well, I'm global, not sure. global campaign to rename it Tanzania. Well, there are lots of stories like that, so I do need to be forgiven, but I think I've tried my hardest here with Jigar and I do get it right. World Nomads Film Scholarship winner Jigar Ganatra has been forced back to his home country because of COVID. Yeah, it is because of COVID. So before I came back to my home country of Tanzania, I was actually in South Africa. I was in Cape Town. I was I was on a trip called Your Best Life. Maybe you've heard of it before, but it's a Portuguese startup. And I was one of the lucky few who was selected to be part of this uh, six-month journey to 10 countries around the world, all expenses paid. And South Africa was country number three after Costa Rica and Peru. And each of the countries sort of have their they have a theme. So Costa Rica was sort of, um, you know, setting your own personal goals for the six months, defining what success means to you, stuff like that. And then Peru was about culture. We were in Cusco and the Sacred Valley, working with local communities. And then South Africa was sort of meant to be the bucket list adventure travel. So uh, it was like day four of ours in South Africa. We were doing this 10-day road trip where we were meant to do shark cage diving with great white sharks, all sorts of stuff, skydiving, bungee jumping from the highest bridge in the world. And it was meant to be this whole like getting out of your comfort zone situation travel for 10 days. And I was super excited about it. We were just about to do bungee jumping the next day. And I received a call from the organizers saying that, uh, you know, the World Health Organization has issued a pandemic and we all have to return home. So every participant, seven of us, had to go back to our home countries. And uh, my parents are in India right now. Um, so I had two options, either to go and stay with them in India or to come back to my home country of Tanzania. And Tanzania just felt like the right thing to do on inside. So this is where I am now. Were you secretly happy that you didn't get to bungee jump, given the fact that you're scared of heights? <laughs> Uh, you know, I was, I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to do it, but inside I was so ready. I was so like, okay, you know what, this is, I, I finally got the meaning of bucket list. You know, I was, I was never one of those travelers who, who ever had a bucket list, but it finally made sense. Like, you know, I was going to do something that I wouldn't have otherwise done. And that would have, I would have come out a different person after that, you know, in a way I would have explored my boundaries sort of, and I was really looking forward to it and it didn't happen. I came back quite disappointed and I was pretty sad, you know, coming back alone after having spent all these months with six other people from all around the world, from Nigeria, Italy, Albania, South Africa, US. And it was something that really meant a lot. And, you know, coming back to a situation where now I'm not talking to anyone, you know, sort of isolated and on my own, it was pretty tough for for 10 days. And then I sort of got back into the groove and, uh, you know, got some time to to work on my films. Well, you post some amazing stuff on Instagram. We'll share a link to your um, Insta handle in show notes and I follow it. And you've put some stuff up there where I've gone, is that now? Um, Because Tanzania is not in a strict lockdown, is it? 
No, Tanzania is not on a lockdown at all. In fact, uh, it's quite business as usual. And the president uh, just yesterday announced that he wants uh, tourism to continue. He's opened up the airspace as of today. Even the safety measures have been quite minimum, you know, masks and taps and everything. So, you know, you st I still go outside of my house and I see like public transport, people being crammed into Daladalas, which is sort of like the public van over here. And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a whole different world compared to what I'm seeing on TV about other countries. And I'm privileged enough to be able to stay indoors and I don't have a job that requires me to go outside and, you know, live day to day like most people in this country. So I'm, you know, quite a privileged. It, it, it makes you really realize what the disparity of opportunity and possibility is, you know, in, in this time economically and otherwise. Well, you said when you went back to Tanzania that you didn't want to just fit back into a comfort zone. So you didn't want to sink back into the ordinary, I think is the way you, you put it. So you decided yeah. to do something different and it relates <laughs> to your fear of heights and climb an active <laughs> volcano. So you're, you're still making, uh, you know, content. You're one of these lucky people. So that's from last year when I actually came back uh, to Tanzania. So I, I didn't actually climb that volcano when I came back recently. I've, I've just had a lot of time now to finally catch up on the stories that I've made before and actually post them out. So all of my followers and viewers are pretty confused as to, just like you, is this right now or is this the time before? But um, yeah, I'm not traveling at the moment, but I am waiting for the dry season. It's raining a lot here. I'm just waiting to go to the Serengeti when it's more dry because, you know, when you imagine the Serengeti, which is just two hours from where I am right now, from my hometown, you imagine it most of the time as, as golden and yellow, but right now it's quite the opposite. It's very green and wet. So I'm just waiting for it to be its iconic color and I'll go there to, to film the, the wildebeest crossing the Grumeti River and being eaten by crocodiles. That, that migration is famous, isn't it? Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, I think when it's synonymous to Serengeti, when you think of Serengeti, you think of the Great Migration. And it's incredible seeing two point, like, I think it's 2.4 million or more of these wildebeest just, they're endless. And I was quite lucky to, to, to be on a balloon safari, actually two of them last year when I first came back and seeing them from, from the balloon, like high up, I just couldn't see the end of them. You know, even, even if I'm high up in a balloon and the horizon is far out, I still couldn't see where they ended. And it's just a magnificent sight. Well, even though that video that you've posted was from last year, we'll share it in show notes because it's, it's incredible. And it's quite funny too, because you lost your GoPro and the guys, the Maasai that you were, um, that you were climbing with, they weren't particularly supportive. I loved it. They were like, yeah, you got some, you got some great footage, Jigaras, you know, once in a lifetime stuff, but it's gone. <laughs> Get on with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's their kind of their attitude. That's pretty blunt about it, man. Like, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. It's gone. We actually searched for it for an hour and in that volcano. And the tricky part was that the GoPro is, is black and square and all the rocks on the volcano on the 45 degree incline of it were also the same color. So every, we literally searched for over an hour and it started getting really hot, you know, the volcano surface. So, uh, and we, we even like slid a few times looking for it, but it had just disappeared. And the guys were just like, man, there's no point in, in, you know, 
like fantasizing if we're going to fight it or not. Just we've, we've done everything we can. Let's move on with it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not a typical response you get, but then it's something that really, it's truth. You know, you can't sugarcoat it. You've got to move on sometimes. And it teaches you to detach from, from these kind of things. And that's a very important lesson. <laughs> How gorgeous. Well, that, that actually answers my next question because I did want to lay you down on a virtual couch and sit next to you and ask you how you're feeling, Jigar, because you, you are <laughs> always on the go. And in, in fact, you go to bed like I'm speaking to you at one o'clock in the morning because you say you can't yeah. sleep because you've just got so much that's um, buzzing through your imagination. So yeah. you're obviously coping with it okay. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, I don't know, I just, there's just something about this time of the night where things are just so peaceful and you know you don't have a sense of time with the sun moving and you know with the noises here especially in Tanzania with no no lockdown it's really noisy outside and you know this time it's very peaceful I can really remember all the amazing experiences that I've had in my life and write them and I've really found myself in sort of a a very interesting creative situation where I've you know since since coming back I've finished one diary you know I've been writing three pages every day I've been reading this book called um, The Artist's Way. And it's a really, really interesting book. It's, it's a 12-week course. And each week sort of gives you different exercises to do to, to sort of get in touch with, with your artists. And that book says that each of us, each of us has an art, whatever it is. And, you know, we've sort of neglected it, many of us, throughout our lives, throughout using doubts, using fears. And so this book is sort of a recovery, getting getting all of those doubts and fears away and connecting. So, yeah, this is perfect time of the night to to get into that. <laughs> now, you have also your own company that we've spoken to you about before, Halicia Travel. Uh, obviously, that's been affected by uh, the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with Halicia, I, I was it, the model of it is running workshops, photography and filmmaking workshops, kind of like um, the World Nomad Scholarship. Um, but now, obviously, because, you know, there's travel restrictions and the whole travel industry has been affected. I've also been affected. I'm not going to be having many clients for the foreseeable future, maybe even for a whole year. But um, I would argue, you know, that you need to always have, there's always a minimum viable product. Maybe I'm not running my trips, but I still have my online community where I can continue producing content, producing marketing material designing the workshops designing the itineraries because eventually maybe not next month but maybe in a few months um it's going to resume and so right now is is a good time to continue on the non-monetary aspects of it which uh you know i think every business can can sort of work on that minimum viable product and you don't have to shut down completely very true so as we wrap up give us a, a mental image of where where you are in um tanzania and what what your day looks like when you finally wake up <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do wake up at a at random times, sometimes early, sometimes late, but I'm in a really awesome place right now. It's uh, the second largest freshwater lake in the world. It's called Lake Victoria, and it is overflowing right now because there's been a lot of rain. So the shores have been receding and there's been a lot of water coming on, which is which is kind of disastrous. But it's uh, it's a beautiful place that I'm in because there's a lot of huge volcanic rocks all around me they're called kopis and they're the kind of rocks that you may have seen on lion king or uh, on in the serengeti so it's it's all around me it's really beautiful there's a lot of hills so i often take the time maybe once or twice a weekly hike a few of those rocks a few of those kopis and you know see the beautiful view 
that's the most interesting part of my week and the highlight. But rest of the days is just filled with, you know, writing and reflecting and eating really good food. I'm with my aunt and uncle and my aunt is an amazing cook. She cooks the best Indian food. So I'm kind of gaining weight right now, which was very much of my physical goal. So, yeah, seeing the positives here. Well, you're always seeing the positives, uh, except for when you lose your GoPro down a <laughs> volcano. It's always such a pleasure to chat to you yeah. and some pearls of wisdom in there uh, for people who may be feeling a little uh, down at this time. And as you said, there's silver linings everywhere. We just need to look for them. That's right. Yeah, thanks, Kim. It's always a pleasure being on this podcast. It's one of my favourites. Uh. Thank you, Jigar, and it is with a heavy heart, Phil, we leave you with some sad news. Mr Kim, who featured in fellow scholarship winner Marissa's World Nomads Tanzania scholarship film, has passed away, Phil, from coronavirus. Very oh, sad. No, no, that's so sad, isn't it? Look, he found uh, a really amazing, it was fantastic watching them in that film, the way they made affordable ceramic water, uh, water filters. And then they uh, facilitate an easy way for travellers to donate to them uh, and to those most in need. Look, we'll share Marissa's film in show notes. It's worth watching and um, pay tribute to Mr. Kim. Yeah, very sad. Next episode, continuing the theme of film, filmmaker Ernest White, and I'm going to add in there the second creator of Fly Brother. Bye. <laughs> See you. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.